Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. Great to be with you. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. And here is Dr. Franklin Weefald. How are you doing? I'm doing really well today. It's a good day. We're going to have an exciting show because we're going to bring a blast from the past yep. that we have been talking about for a long time. And now that the whole business of whether this came from the Wuhan lab or not is coming to the forefront. Right. And a lot of people who ridiculed us, who believed it did, are now saying, well, I don't know, maybe it did. All right, let's and present it. it didn't. Yeah. Let's present it this way. There's a couple of things. One is that there are articles being written that now say, well, you know, maybe let's look at this again. Um, Senator Rand Paul had a moment this week with um, Dr. Fauci in a, in a live Senate hearing, but we're going to start with someone who we don't always agree with, but who's pretty interesting. Oh, sorry. We're going to start with Well, us. you don't always agree with me. No, we don't. And I don't blame you. All right, I'm going to start. You know what the problem is, I don't always agree with me. We're going to start with somebody who do, we don't always agree with, which is us. And this is from, when, when was April. this? April. 24th, 2020. It's more than a year ago. A blast from the past. More than a year ago. This is us. People need to realize one guy started this. One. It happened somewhere. It started somewhere. I am still saying the most likely thing, because the only bats that carried this particular coronavirus were in that Wuhan lab. Uh Uh-huh. And then you know what do the Democrats say? Well, you're you're a, you're a conspiracy theorist. They didn't create it in the lab. Nobody's saying that. What we're saying is it was an accident. Mm-hmm. The guy got spit on or bit by the bat, right? And he walked out and gave it to two million people. And that two million people turned into a much bigger oh, number. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. And we were really into this. Long time ago, and a lot of people were into it a long time ago. As a matter of fact, people won't remember that one of the first studies as to where this this coronavirus outbreak came from was by some Chinese scientists at another university in China. They immediately went up to Wuhan when it started, and they did some investigation. And their declaration was it could not have come from the wet lab. There aren't reservoirs of the virus that were in the wet wet lab. Wet, wet lab, the, wet market. The wet lab, the wet market. Yeah. And it had to come from the Wuhan Virology Lab. That was published online in a reputable Chinese journal. And mysteriously, a couple of days later, it disappeared. The original story, and people have forgotten it, but the original story was that there's this wild market, literally. Yeah, the wet market where they had dogs, cats, Pangolins. That and, was a big one. Remember the pangolin, that little tiny creature and nobody ever heard of? And, and wild animals that you can buy to eat. Right. And because of this, they must have it must have jumped over to humans right. in that area. Right. And you remember when they tried to convince us it was the bats from the wet market? Right. They had a lady 
A sure. picture of a lady eating a bat. Right. And you know where that was from? No. Not Wuhan, Vietnam. Really? Yes. Okay. So I think there's been a concerted effort here. And I'm not necessarily pointing fingers, but I'm pointing fingers. Hey, there I know a, a guy. Lot. Yeah. I know a guy who's pointing fingers. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Yes, let's do it. Let's do uh, the conversation. Tucker Carlson's talking about a news article that has recently been written. At the time the outbreak began last fall, the Wuhan lab was conducting experiments on how to make bat viruses infectious to human beings. Those experiments were funded by American tax dollars. Those experiments were, their funding, approved and directed by Tony Fauci in Washington. By Tony Fauci. Now this is scary. And you know, the thing is, one of the problems in believing anybody anymore is the vested interests that they have in protecting themselves. Okay, yeah. So, you know, Fauci was the hero, the democratic demigod that has saved the country. And what was the protection needed? His role, his possible role in this whole thing. By funding the Wuhan uh, virology lab and by funding this guy close to home, Barrick. Right. From UNC, right. who is a leading coronavirus researcher. And if, in fact, UNC has on their website a big thing about how this guy, Barrick, Dr. Barrick, is a coronavirus researcher helping to save the world. Right. And yet, he was involved heavily in these studies of gain of function. Now, you can call it gain of function, you can call it chimeric viruses that are perhaps more lethal. But he said in his papers, quote unquote, the potential to prepare for and mitigate future outbreaks must be weighed against the risk of creating more dangerous pathogens. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. developing policies moving forward, it is important to consider the value of data generated by these studies. And Fauci agreed in 2011. Fauci said, uh, gain-of-function studies are worth it. They have some risk, but they're worth it in order to prepare us for a future catastrophe. We have the catastrophe. Okay, and I need, they ran for cover. I need to understand yes. this. My need to understand goes this far. Yeah, you you've done pure research. Uh, absolutely, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science in Nature in the Journal of Biological Chemistry. I was a molecular biologist. So if Fauci gets on the air and says, "I'm just you're just a doctor from Smithfield." Yeah, Google me. Okay, okay. very very prestigious journal. Okay, so sometimes you have to deal with dangerous things right? in order to figure out how to cure those dangerous things. Absolutely. You agree with this. I absolutely 100% agree with it, but you have to own up to what you did. Should Whoops, we? Whoops, we killed millions of people. Okay. Then what you say is we thought we were doing the right thing by creating or trying to create these dangerous viruses. They got out, which is one of the things we were worried about. Now, that may be the case. We don't know yet. Right. But all the investigations into the origins of this viral catastrophe have been shut down. And there is a great, great article uh, that was written by a former uh, science advisor to the president, Mm -hmm. not President uh, Trump, by the way, and another <laughs> report written by Nicholas Wade, who was a s- chief science writer for 
the New York Times. Right. And Nicholas Wade lays out a very, very convincing um, series of events that point to the Wuhan Virology Lab. And he also documents the Wuhan Virology Lab receiving funding, not only directly from Fauci at the NIH, yeah. but materials to study from Dr. Barrick's lab and from a very prominent um, uh, institution that received money from uh, Dr. Fauci at the NIH called Eco Health Alliance. And there's a guy there named Peter Dazak, D-A-S-Z-A-K. Mm-hmm. And they were in total cooperation with the Wuhan Virology Institute trying to find these dangerous coronaviruses that we could fight against future pandemics. Well, mm-hmm. the future pandemic is now. So am I saying that I, that I know this is true? No. I'm saying that when you look at scientific thought mm-hmm. and, you, and you look at deductions, I don't think you can say that it came anywhere else, but I want to find out. The World Health Organization whitewashed this. The National Science Foundation, perhaps an independent group of scientists. Like, you remember the Challenger disaster? Yes. They got an independent group of scientists to look into this. Right. We need a commission. And mm-hmm. the reason why we need this is we can't let this happen again. And we need to get the people who are behind this. Maybe it's Dr. Fauci. Maybe it's not. But we need to know. Because we need to know what to do in the future and how to stop this. In a Senate committee this week, Senator Rand Paul was given the opportunity to talk to Dr. Fauci. And there was this very curious exchange. At the time the outbreak began no. last fall, the Wuhan lab was conducting experiments. Um, 38 12. Go. At the time the outbreak began last hmm. fall, the Wuhan That's lab was conducting experiments. Somehow, on how I to didn't make get somehow we got it messed up. That's all right. Turn all it right. down. Um, Senator Rand Paul accused Dr. Fauci of funding certain. Well, if you listen to this, and I'm sorry we don't have it, right. because I think it's very important. Fauci denies supporting, quote, gain-of-function studies, quote, mm-hmm. unquote, at the Wuhan Virology Institute. And Rand Paul says, are you funding the Wuhan Virology Institute? Very simple. Are you giving yeah. funds? Right. And he says, you're wrong. We're not supporting gain-of-function studies. Well, that's not what he asked you. He right. asked you if you're, you're supporting the Wuhan lab, and the answer is clearly yes. And he clearly... Um, funded the Eco Health Alliance, which is part of this whole coronavirus triumvirate, and he funded this guy P, um, Barrick at UNC, and they all worked together, right. scrambling to try to get a handle on future dangerous coronaviruses. So Fauci doesn't answer the question, and the question becomes: Did they take the money that NIH gave them for coronavirus research? And then use it for another function. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. People are made a, given a grant um, to study something, and they discover something better. They turn their attention to that aspect of science, but right. they have to report it. It's called um, uh, um, reports on what's happening, up, 
updating. Yeah. And so they had to know what they were doing. And so okay. this is something that needs to be investigated. If it didn't come from the lab, fine. That'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be great. Sure. But we need to know because right. we need to keep this from happening. All right. You can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to this radio show, which is Heart Health Radio. And your phone calls about your specific thing are always welcome. Yes? Always. Always. And, now, you know, we talk about all these things, but one of the great things is questions from our listeners can bring up a lot of educational information for the entire group of listeners. What's funny is that now the non-COVID pile of research and information for today's show is taller than the COVID pile, which is a blessing. Well, and, and you know, we're going to talk about this mask thing. Uh, Good. Because I think... Yeah. One of the things that bothers me about this is just a week ago. Yeah. A week ago, you had the president wearing a mask around right. 17 people who all had been vaccinated, who were sitting six feet apart. Mm-hmm. And what did they say? They said, well, we wanted to set an example. And it's just ridiculous. And so... What happened in that last week that all of a sudden, you know, Rachel Lewinsky, remember when she said, I fear a coming disaster. We have to wear our mask. And this is after vaccinations had been going on for two or three months. Right. Last week, they were all saying, we still have to mask up. We don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Where's Fauci and all this? And then all of a sudden, was it what, Thursday? Yeah. Or was it Wednesday? I think it was They said, all right, take your mask off. If you've been vaccinated, take your masks off. Unless you're in a mosh pit. You know what a mosh pit is? Sure. That's, that's at, the, at the concerts where everybody's throwing each other around. What that means I, is if you're around a group of people, wear your mask if you're close up. Um, but if you're indoors and you're not around unvaccinated people, there's no reason to wear a mask. And there was no reason to wear a mask a week before. Right. I mean, Biden was on a Zoom conference. Wearing Nobody was around him. He was wearing a mask. <laughs> so I've got to ask... What happened in those five days? I don't know. Between they were adamant about not really relaxing masks. People changed their minds. Uh, something happened. All right. The the uh, the, the all-important shame moment is coming up on this radio program. We're also going to talk about high blood pressure and an article that says the best mineral to lower your blood pressure. You've got to get it in your diet, according to this article. Cancer patients being charged for parking that at a hospital. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Caregiver of an aging parent and worried that they aren't taking their medication on time? Latest edition of the Weekend Gardener magazine. Get your free copy at Big Bloomer's Flower Farm in Sanford, Custom Door and Gate, King's Auto Service, and Correct Lube. And the gift shops in Johnston Health and Smithfield and Clayton. Pick up your WPTF Weekend Gardener magazine today. We've kind of gotten away from the idea of shame in this world, and some people, you ought to wag your finger at them a little bit. Absolutely. Who? This Um, time. You know, the no-no diet is is near and dear to me because I sort of just took a conglomeration of all this stuff about how to lose weight and how to get your inflammation level down, how to correct your insulin. And basically, the diabetic diet is the diet for everyone because carbs are the enemy. Well, now, everybody wants to poo-poo this, okay, and say it's not true. 
So there was a really big article that said, go ahead, eat your noodle, eat your white bread. (laughs) And it's from the United Kingdom, the University of Aberdeen, and for the National Institute of Diabetes. And they have a paper that's saying, well, uh, go ahead and eat your noodle because we studied this in mice. And we gave mice over three months a high-carbohydrate diet. Yeah. And we measured their insulin spikes. Now, I mean... That is not translatable into recommendations for the general public. And just because the insulin didn't spike like they thought it should, that doesn't mean that you should tell the general public to go get some spaghetti and start chowing down. It's incontrovertible that sugar and white flour are stored as fat. And that people who are insulin resistant and diabetes will lose weight by going on a low carb, mm-hmm. uh, uh, simple carbohydrate diet. Mm-hmm. So when you see these articles, scientists say, read in the third paragraph. It's about insulin levels in mice <laughs> who are fed Wonder Bread. Did the mice gain a lot of weight? They didn't even mention that. That they would be the question. It. That would be the question. Force yeah. feed them so, only know, pasta the, and then find out. The bottom line is that this is a shameful thing. To take a scientific article that deals with <laughs> insulin levels in mice over three months and tell everybody to go ahead and chow down and do the yes, yes diet. What know? I've learned from doing this, from just printing these articles and finding them, is that there are a lot of places that take highly technical research jargon and turn it right into recommendations what, for us. Right. And it makes me mad. It's it's a little ridiculous. Okay, there are hospitals who are literally charging parking fees to cancer patients. Well, I mean, here's the thing that really, really bothers me. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess I'll name it the Dell Seton or Seton mm-hmm. Medical Center in Austin, Texas. I mean, they do a great job. They treat brain tumors. They treat all sorts of tumors. And people have to come in and yeah. sit down for a while and get their chemotherapy. Yeah. Well, the problem is they have a huge sign right there, even before it says, welcome, we're going to care for you for your cancer. Uh-huh. We do not validate parking tickets. Now, what does that mean? It means you can't get free parking. And how can they possibly charge these people who are so sick and walking from the parking lot? You know how much it is? No. If you don't have a ticket... It can be $28 an hour to park and get your cancer treatment. No. And the average thing with a ticket for four hours is about 27 bucks. And I think that's terrible for a medical center to make their money off of cancer patients by charging them for parking. And it's got to stop. I go to a doctor's office that has an oncology clinic yeah. within the building. Yeah. They provide not only handicap parking, they provide specific slots yeah. for the cancer patients. Well, the other thing is weight med. At least, you know, when I would go to the Heart uh, Institute every day, they had free valet parking. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. I mean, because you're, you're going in there to perhaps get your leg stented or your heart stented or for right. bypass surgery. You don't want to walk in the hot weather in the summer all the way from the parking lot. They were wonderful. They the heart, gave free valet parking. The heart clinic will come get come drop you off in a in a cart golf cart. Really? That when I've gone to the heart clinic, and I don't need that service, but 
Yeah, you do. Well, no, but the but the <laughs> point is, I've parked my car, I've walked into the clinic, I've had my meeting, and then I come back out. Yeah. And there's a fellow there who says, "Hey, you want to you want to ride back to your car?" Right. Can you imagine if they said, "I'll give you the ride, but you got to fork over a 20? You know. That's and sad. that's what these people are doing, and I think it's absolutely shameful. By the way, I wanted to. I wanted to. I, we didn't pre discuss this so this yeah. hits you you know and if you don't have an opinion fine i have an opinion on everything <laughs> i had a meeting with somebody this week and they discussed with me my bmi yeah body mass index and it was demotivational well what was what was what number you have a number 40 35 it was like in the 30s 31 or two or something that's not as bad as what i see every day okay let me just tell you the body mass index they take your height and they take your weight and in this case they measured me they took calipers it was a very embarrassing thing they did they get it at your belly yes they they got calipers on your belly they had to get extra big calipers but sure they they measured the whole body yeah okay and then they come back with this number. Do you know what they said to me? No. The nurse said to me, Mr. Alexander, you are at high risk for diabetes and heart disease. Well, yeah. I said, ma'am, I have 100% risk yeah. of both of those. Yeah. I said, I, I'm open the collar of my shirt. Have you seen the scar? But I think what she meant to say is that you're at high risk for getting it again, having to have... I mean, you had you've had two procedures. You've had stents, right? And now you wound up having to have bypass surgery. Yeah. Now let me tell you, you are at high risk because of your BMI, right? But you're lowering your risk. Oh yeah. By controlling your sugar, getting your hemoglobin A1C, which is the measure of long-term control, you're getting your blood pressure under control, your right. cholesterol under control. Now, the last thing <laughs> is to get this BMI below thirty. Close okay. to 25. Well, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Have you I'm, lost weight since I've lost a little bit of weight, but here's the thing. The other thing that's demotivational about the, the work I uh, did, yeah. the nurse handed me these two-pound weights, and then we did some exercises. I'm sorry. If you hand a grown man two-pound weights, you might as well just get him Velcro shoes. Yeah. you Because that is just an example. You are growing old. When no. somebody hands you pink yes. okay. two-pound weights. Baby steps. I know, baby steps. Baby steps. Now, yeah. next thing you know, you'll be at 10-pound weights. Yeah. Ro- Rose, Rose Hoban's coming up next on Heart Health Radio, on the Heart Health Radio Network. Now, back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. You can call in at 919-860-9783 every Saturday, noon until 2, that number. Rose Hoban of North Carolina Health News joins us. Hi, Rose. How are you? Greetings, gentlemen. I'm well on this gorgeous day. I, wanna... I hope you're not wearing your mask. Are you no. wearing a mask? <laughs> I am. I am not wearing a mask right now. I'm. Yeah. I'm by myself. So yeah. You know. Well, but let me ask you a question. Were you like President Biden, wearing a mask when you were on the radio show? No. I okay. Good. Not, <laughs> I want to compliment now, the if website. I sitting in the, if I were sitting in the in the studio with you, yeah. Right until we knew what the science, what I think a lot of us suspected, 
which was that once you have the vaccine, it's really hard for you to transmit the disease. But good to wait for the science to come back, right? Well, but let me ask you a question. I mean, this is something we just talked about. <laughs> what happened in the last six days that he went from wearing a mask around 17 people who were all vaccinated and sitting six feet apart to all of a sudden he rips he's, off his mask, throws it uh, on the Barbie and says, you know, you can all take him off. He's talking about the president. Yeah, I don't right, understand. Right, right. I well, mean, I is this politics? Was, is this because it's not oh, science. The science was I there six days before. I think, you know, it's sort of like the CDC coming to their conclusion. They've been, I, 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 I'm not sure the CDC messaging has been great. And I think, you know, part of it was trying to model behavior, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, it's, I, I like, for example, um, I, I did like Dr. Cohen on yesterday afternoon, she talked about like trying to explain to her kids okay, well, you're not vaccinated, but I am, so I don't have to wear a mask, but you do. Oh, my. So I think a part of it has been the whole idea to try and model behavior about, you know, best practice. But once you have the CDC kind of coming out and saying, well, if you're vaccinated, you can go maskless. But this right? is the same, seat. Rachel Walensky, this is the same person who just a month ago said she's quaking in her boots, afraid of we're all going to die. And then, you know, she's on the TV smiling, saying, hey, take your mask off. Something well, happened, I think, because well, there was a lot of complaints that people weren't getting vaccinated because they said, i got to wear a mask. Why should I get vaccinated if I still have to wear a mask? Mm-hmm. I think there's something political going on. I don't know what. But. Well, Rose, well, I, I, I think it's more, you know, I think Walensky, I mean, she worried about a you know, a quote unquote fourth wave. We saw it in Michigan, right? right? You know, Michigan's still trying to climb out from under all these cases. But they and, were wearing think, masks in know, Michigan. They had the they had the tightest um, regulations, even worse than New York, and they still had it. And we were wearing well, masks in, in the winter, and we still got it. So now we have these vaccines. We're going down, and why right. were they telling us to still wear a mask? Well, again. The idea was that until we had science back that said that it's harder to spread or it's, it, you know, it, that you're not going to spread it once you have it. You know, cause you, if you think about this British variant, I don't know if you folks follow me on Twitter, but I was following the ACIP, the, uh, it's a, the, the, the immunization practice yeah. committee at the CDC. And so I was following along, you know, kind of, uh, on their meeting on Wednesday or Thursday, and they had a slide that showed how widespread the British variant has become in just three and a half months. Like it was like two or three percent of the vaccines in, oh, I'm sorry, of the of the infections in January, and then by last week it was seventy three percent. Yeah, but we the beat it. Infections. We beat it with the vaccine. I think the number one thing. That, that is an example of how to do it. First of all, the beginning was Taiwan, and they won't mention that. But England's beat it. They had, what, two, two deaths yesterday? One mm. death yesterday? And, and what Israel, did they do? Israel has done fabulous. They, well. they have what variant? <laughs> By definition, they have the British variant. Mm-hmm. Blimey. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what did they do? They went against what our scientists said. Fauci and Walensky and the rest of them, they gave everybody one dose. Everybody one dose. 
And now they're going back and give the second doses. And as a matter of fact, what they've shown is a much more robust uh, immune response when you delayed it three months and giving the second dose, both mm-hmm. T cell and B cell. Now, I, you know, true. Rose, the, the, the I'm, response. I'm just kind of fed so, up. I'm just like well, everybody else. I'm just fed up with the well, way I, this again, has happened. Now tell me I'm wrong. Again, uh, you know, I was, I, I was, uh, I tuned into a, a great podcast where I was listening to an HIV virologist talking about, and he's worked on uh, vaccines, HIV vaccines. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, you know, and you know this, when you, when they did the study, they have an emergency use authorization. When they did the studies with Pfizer and with Moderna, you know, they didn't have time to test and say, okay, we're going to do this group. We're going to give them the vaccine three months, three weeks apart. And this group is going to get it six weeks apart. Mm-hmm. And this group, they just didn't have the time. So they chose a metric. They said, we're going to go three weeks here. We're going to put this much of the mRNA in our vaccine. Moderna chose a different route. They said, we're going to put this much of the mRNA in our vaccine, and we're going to say four weeks. And then they did their studies accordingly. And then we were able to get the vaccine super quick because we said, okay, this is the, this is the regimen. This is the protocol. Right. And then we followed the protocol. Now, the Brits kind of said, okay, we're going to throw the protocol out the window. And that's fine. I think, <laughs> I think everyone's got, and you know, what would have happened? So you're able to look back and go, the Brits, yeah, the Brits did it right. But what would have happened if the Brits still had spread? You know, it, there's been, because things have happened so quickly, everyone's kind of been flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah, but in, in... And so I think the CDC's strategy was to, this was the protocol, we're going to follow the protocol. The Brits do it a different way. Well, but the Brits won. And why didn't, and when they saw the Brits were winning in, in March and April, saying, hey, the Brits are winning, we're not winning, we're going to switch. We're going to give everybody the first dose. And I yeah. think that's what they should have done. Would we have gotten everyone the first dose, do you think? Well, what right now, in this country, because of the idiots who are, are, are <laughs> launching all these crazy anti-vaccine things, mm-hmm. we're never going to... Uh, here's my prediction. Yeah. We're never going to make We're 70%. never going to get there. Yeah, because now, if they had said, let's get one jab like the Brits are doing, and let's just get everybody get it, we would have beat this by now. The Brits, the Brits are done. They are completely done, and we're not. And yeah. I, I don't you know, understand I was, why the powers that be didn't at- change their minds. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting. I was looking at YouTube the other day, and I was look, you know, looking at a, uh, a video from uh, the NIH. And you know what came up in the algorithm no. side? You know, like, oh, suggested for you was an anti-vax video. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. Are you kidding? It, no. It I was, believe it. It was more than one. Oh my you God. know, so these algorithms, it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to go look at NIH, and then What's coming up on the side is that, what's his name, Mercola, who's, you know, a complete, yeah, I mean, he's out in left field. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, talking anti-vax and another anti-vax and, you know, like, and so these things, people are getting all, I, I agree with you, people are getting all this misinformation, which is why they need to read. They're being bombarded. News, but they are being bombarded. But I, and, I'm going to tell you, I know we're going to disagree, but if, looking at Biden... Wearing a mask when he's on a conference video call. There's nobody there. 
What is he trying? Does he think the virus is going to get into the microphone and go through the internet and get these other uh, world leaders? I, I, and uh, that's just ridiculous. And people are saying, I, I, I know this for a fact. To model. Well, no, trying to model. To model I know this here. for a fact. My Seven patients who are not stupid came in and said, "Why should I get the? Why should I get the <laughs> vaccine? Biden's telling us I got to wear a mask when I'm on a Zoom call." <laughs> Boy, you know. So I'm serious. This is what I'm hearing. All right, kids. And I'm going to break this up. I love Rose. We can agree to disagree. I respect her point of view, and I, I probably think her point of view is better than mine in some cases. But <laughs> and, I'm fed up with this. I'm and you up. can go to NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org <laughs> and catch up on some interesting things that are non-corona re- related. So yeah. really oh, wonderful. It's such a pleasure to write about stuff that's not COVID. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. and the, and there's a lot there. Thank you, Rose. All right, gentlemen, have a great day. You too. All right, God take bless care. You. you can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation and hear an interesting debate almost every week. We got some weird stories. Yeah, weird stories, including I, this, this about a gorilla. Would, this, you know, this is the thing that I just want to tell people that animals are not all nice. Okay, okay, yes. Everybody, there's a great thing. Gorilla is mesmerized. Do you see this? The yeah. video? And there's a lady who had a newborn baby yeah. at a zoo yeah. holding the newborn baby next to the uh, glass, uh, yes. separating her from the it was so gorilla. sweet. Yeah. You know what the gorilla probably thought? What? I want to eat that thing. <laughs> and and it's just like, it's just like, you know, oh, wow, extraterrestrials. Let's let's call out to them. Come visit. <laughs> what if they want to eat us? You know, I mean, you, you got to be aware that things are not always what they think. Don't you, assume that these people at oh the cute Wuhan Virology Institute. No, right. they're going to kill it. So it's it's possible this gorilla was just thinking lunch. Uh, yeah, it's a cute it's viral possible. video. That the gorilla wanted to hold the baby and cuddle it, but it's also possible <laughs> that the gorilla wanted you to think he wanted yes. to hold the baby and yes. cuddle it, and it was going to eat it because they do. And be- monkeys and gorillas, they eat each they eat each other when and- they're mad. They eat little tiny monkeys. Oh my! Yeah, and and be careful of older people who around your your small children who say, "I just want to gobble her up." <laughs> Some of them really mean it. Some All of right. them mean it. All right, so here's the thing. This 51-year-old British guy gets up every morning, eats his breakfast, brushes his teeth, and runs a marathon. You see his picture? Yeah, he looks... He looked like he's about 80. He did, yes. And so here's the thing that uh, the millennials have tried to beat into all of us, is that the more exercise you do, the longer you're going to live. Yeah. It's just not true. This guy is killing himself. Now, what's the medical uh, concept behind what he's destroying himself? It's called inflammation. Uh-huh. You can't run 24, was it 26.4 or something like that? Yeah, miles. 26.2 miles. Yeah, it's the distance between Marathon Greece and Athens, okay? Okay. And the guy who ran the first marathon was trying to tell the Athenians that they had won the war. I can't remember which word. Eh? Sure. That he ran all the way. He crosses the line into Athens. He yes. says, we won the war, and guess what happened? <laughs> he dropped dead. Oh, man. Okay? So, yes, you can train yourself to run a marathon. You can do it. Maybe even doing a couple in your lifetime is fun, 
because it relaxes your mind and makes you feel like you're a great person. But pounding the pavement, I don't care if you've got Yeezys on, I don't care if you've got Adidas, latest shoes, you're, you're pounding your body. The joints were not made to be pounded for 26.2 miles. And what happens? Inflammation. Your body's immune system is part of the repair mechanism. Yes. Marathon runners live on average five years less than people who don't run marathons. Don't do this. Yeah, it's, marathon runners do not live as long as non-marathon runners. Huh. You don't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger lifting weights to be healthy. You don't have to be a marathon runner. And in fact, don't be a marathon runner and you'll live longer by statistical analysis. You're destroying your body. This guy has run a hundred days consecutively. He's crazy. He's not well at at that point. Yeah, clinically at this point, you can diagnose him with something. I mean, not you, but well, a psychiatrist you know, you know I think could. He might be doing it. What? There's some. This is the reason why these young people like to really run, because in your brain, released are called endorphins. Yes. And the endorphins are basically endogenous or produced by your body morphine. And okay. what is it doing? It is getting you high. A runner's high is something real. This guy, yeah. I mean, he must be like an addict, a heroin-like addict, an endorphin addict. Because why would you do that? Why would you put yourself through such a horrible, grueling routine? The other thing is that he also must be like a Michael Jordan-style super athlete. I mean, not the the physical training is obvious, but he must have recovery ability because most marathon runners do not get up the next day and run another. Okay, so I believe in the genetic differences between people. I don't know. He may have some genetic thing where he's resistant to damage from marathon running, but that's pretty darn rare. Do not take this guy's example and start running a marathon every day. You'll kill yourself. All right. There is a certain substance that apparently can help with blood pressure. We'll talk about that coming up. Also, there is a chicken shortage. And I have an article on on why there is a chicken shortage. And it's a little embarrassing. uh, Or it's a little funny to me. Uh, That's coming up. Also, are we going to shout somebody out? Yes, absolutely. We will. Coming up on this radio program, the Heart Health Radio Network. You know you make me want to shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout, come on now. This is Heart Health Radio with Dr. Franklin Weefald. Who are we shouting out? Ruth Schoenberg. Uh, yes. I, take, I took care of her husband for a long time. And he, you know, he's one of these by the way things. I was mm. seeing him and he said, oh, by the way, my wife is not doing well. She's short of breath. She's fatigued, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, bring her in. I mean, come on. <clears throat> Turns out her left ventricle, which is the main pumping chamber to get blood out to the body. It is the pumping chamber to mm-hmm. get blood out to the body. Your right ventricle carries blood that, that's been used up of oxygen. It pumps it to the lungs. The lungs fill up with oxygen, fill your blood up with oxygen. It goes into the left ventricle, and that pumps out to the body. Mm-hmm. Well, her left ventricle is very weak. But luckily for her, she had another problem. She had an abnormal EKG. 
So her EKG showed what we call a left bundle branch block. Now, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. There's the right bundle that carries electricity to the bottom part. There's the left bundle. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's the left anterior bundle and the left posterior bundle. Sure. And I so knew that. she was missing the whole left bundle. What does that mean? It meant that the left side of her heart wasn't working in conjunction with the right side of her heart. And rarely, because if you're out there and your doctor's told you you have a left bundle, the vast majority of time, you're okay. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Well, with Ruth, when that left bundle went out, the left side of the heart stopped pumping aggressively and it got weak and she went into heart failure. And by heart failure, her heart failed to pump strong enough to keep the blood flowing and to keep pressure from building up in her lungs. So guess what we did? Hmm. We did a stress test. It was a little abnormal, but the arteries to her heart are pumping fine. And my buddy, Pavlo Netrebko. Oh, yeah. You know Pavlo. We've mentioned him many times. I sent him to Pavlo. And he put in what's called a biventricular pacemaker. Most pacemakers just put a wire into the right heart because you just need to have it on standby in case the heart slows down too much. Well, what you do is you put one into the tip of the right heart all the way down near the apex, we call it, but the tip of the heart. It's like on the heart shape, it's that point in the bottom where the point is. And then you put one behind the heart in a vein all the way around in that vein to the left heart. And then you put the pacemaker in and coordinate the beating of the left heart with the beating of the right heart. And guess what? Ruth huh. walked into my office after Pablo had his way with her. <laughs> I'm better. I'm 100% better. She's yeah. breathing well. We're going to start weaning her off her medications. She's a shout out. Because, she, listen, don't yeah. wait. If you think your doctor can help your loved one, don't wait while the doctor's walking out the door of right. the by-the-way syndrome. Because she might have been missed. And she might not be doing well. And over time, her heart may have gotten worse and worse, and it might have been to the point where we couldn't help her. Now, I had a misconception okay. about heart, heart problem. Yeah. Most, well, a lot of people have this misconception that, you know, you're okay as long as you don't have that elephant stepping right. on your chest feeling. Right. In other words, I assumed a heart attack mm-hmm. was what I need to worry about. Yeah, I but I also need to worry about this heart failure. Yeah, it's called a cardiomyopathy leading to heart failure. And there are a bunch of types of cardiomyopathy, but the bottom line is, if you're not feeling well, don't just, you know, poo it off to old age. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, old is 100 now. I mean, 90 is the new 70, 70 is the new 50, 60 is the new 40. And by that, I mean, we have ways to live not just longer, but better. And if you're tired, if you're worn out, if your heart is skipping beats, if you're short of breath when you exert yourself, but don't have chest discomfort, that doesn't mean your heart's okay. Any one of those things can be from a heart problem that we can correct. Right. I had And talk to your primary doctor. Say, look, I don't feel great. What could it be? I had two blood vessels, major blood vessels that were a hundred percent blocked. Right which I couldn't understand because 100% sounds like completely. It's 100%. It's 100%. But I, you know, I feel much better right now. Well, because the reason why your heart wasn't destroyed is because you had temporarily bypassed yourself. Yeah. These things are called collateral vessels. So you have two vessels blocked, but you got one that has sent over these little shoots 
and the blood is flowing down one artery and then squeezing over and keeping alive the territories of the muscle that were previously being fed vigorously by the ones that are blocked. So the bottom line is, if you're not feeling good, don't chalk, chalk it up to old age. Get, go to your doctor. Say, look, I don't feel good. I'm short of breath. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. Do I have sleep apnea? Yeah. Am I an AFib? Yeah. Do I have a weak heart muscle? Do I have an atypical presentation for cholesterol buildup blocking my arteries? It could be. And there's no such thing as a false alarm. Talk to your doctor. Be open and honest about your symptoms. And he or she could possibly, well likely, make you better. Telephone number 919-860-9783. That line is open between noon and 2 on Saturdays for Heart Health Radio. Potassium. Yeah. Potassium is, is good. Yeah. And one of the things, I mean, you know, this is one of those articles where you think, wait a minute. You know, a simple thing like potassium can lower your blood pressure. Well, it's been extensively studied, and it's true. Okay. Uh, but the key thing to be aware is don't start a potassium supplement mm-hmm. until you've talked to your physician. Why is that? There are certain conditions where potassium is not good to take over the counter if you have kidney problems. So I'm not talking about bladder infections. Every time I mention a kidney problem, you know, do you have kidney problems to my patient and they mistake a bladder infection with a kidney problem? Kidney problems are what we call renal insufficiency. So your kidneys don't take the blood and filter out the poisons and make pee-pee or urine. Yeah. And so when that happens, an excess of potassium can build up. So potassium supplementation and people who have normal kidney function well may likely lower your blood pressure in addition to your blood pressure medications and your low-salt diet and your exercise. So that is true. But if you see this article, do not start potassium until you've talked to your physician and make sure he or she knows that your kidney function's great. Isn't that a decent piece of advice for anybody before they go out and go to the vitamin store and buy one? You know, you can buy just one thing. Yeah, there are plenty of things that are harmless Right. No matter who you are. Turmeric. Okay. Yeah. Do you pronounce it turmeric or turmeric? I have no idea. Anyway, that is really good for you. Okay. And I, I can't think of a single condition that would maybe, you know, tumericosis. I don't know. <laughs> but I can't think of a single condition that would uh, prevent you from taking turmeric or turmeric. But I still say. Check with your physician first. The world is seemingly spinning out of control. Uh, Chick-fil-A, I think it is, is uh, now um, only giving one or two little containers of juice because they're, they're sauce. And I don't know, it's Chick-fil-A or somebody else. Yeah. Um, there's a chicken shortage. And I'm reading an article. I had chicken the other day. Yeah, it but wasn't there's, short. There's it a, was a nice, tall piece of chicken. <laughs> there's been a, a chicken shortage. It's being blamed on roosters. Not doing their job. You know, you think about it. Yeah. There's nothing that creates chickens other than roosters and hens. Right. There's no artificial insemination. Yeah. And they bought a bunch of roosters to replace the old roosters, and Tyson Food says they're just not getting it done. Uh oh. So, so what are they the, gonna do? They're gonna replace them with no, other roosters. I think put testosterone. <laughs> In their chicken feed. I like Oh, no, the rooster feed. I like that idea. This is Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor. 
Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And call us up if you've got a question about your health situation. Please call 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. I always say with that, between noon and 2 on Saturday, which is silly to most folks, they hear me and say, wait a minute, what does that mean? Well, I'm, I, I want you to know that the first hour of our show is the so-called network hour. And you'll notice that I never mention WPTF. Well, you I don't know. mention the weather. I don't mention. We send that hour of the show to a lot of different people who have to call us between noon and two on Saturday. Right. But their show might be a different time. Right. Although people are listening to us in New Zealand. Yes. And Australia. We got some fans out there. And they're not I, kangaroos. I love, I love it. And they're not koala bears. Listen, so we are becoming uh, international. Yeah, and we got to focus more on the on the international news, but I guess COVID is. But really, we're focusing on North Carolina, right. Southern Virginia, right, 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 um, Northern uh, South Carolina, right, and Western South Carolina, because that's that's our listener base. That's the most one. And if you own a radio station and you're listening to this show <laughs> right now, and you say, hmm. I'd love to have them on. Don't they have pirate stations still? Did you ever hear of that? No. You know what they have? It's low-power stations. What are they called? LPFM. They're low-power FMs. They drop into little tiny towns. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, how, yeah. But how far do they go out? Uh, 30 miles. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, you know. How much does it cost to own one of those? You want to buy one? Well, do you have to have an FCC license? You do, but it's not hard is to get. Hard, is that hard to get as a liquor license? No, I wouldn't. I, I would <laughs> think it'd be easier. All right. Get All right. better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to Heart Health Radio. We're talking about the flu didn't arrive this year. It's gone. It's gone. There's no flu this year. I, and I'm going to say this. Nobody really knows why. Uh-huh. Uh, it could be, and most likely is, the masks and yeah. the hand washing and the social distancing. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean we should do it again. No, 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 no. In the fall. I mean, I think that what we can do in in lieu of wearing now, if lieu of wearing masks for everybody, if you're sick, okay, suppose you get the flu. Yeah. You might be nice to wear a mask outside to protect other people. Um yeah. That's not been proven to prevent the flu. Right. I think it does reduce the risk. Now, remember, in the winter with that horrible thing we had in January of COVID, we were wearing masks. Yes. So it it could be that it would have been a lot worse if we weren't wearing masks. But I would say this. During flu season, wash your hands more frequently yeah. and try not to touch your face. And if you ha- are sick. Yeah and you are coughing, you might do people a favor and wear a mask when you go outside. And that might just be showing respect to others because if you wear a mask, you will reduce the chance that you're going to spread your germs. So anyway, it's amazing 
Yeah. No flu this year. And you remember they were all saying, oh, we're all going to die in January because the flu and COVID will come together. Right. I'm not saying that they're bad people for having said that. But what we've learned from this whole COVID business is we got to make this up as we go along. Don't listen to the experts necessarily yeah. as being um, mana from heaven and what they're saying is absolutely true. Right. We're so wrong all the time. And the way you can trust people is not that they're right all the time, because none of us are, no. but they admit they're wrong and they explain why they're wrong. And they say, I've learned from being wrong to help us in the future. Bill in Apex, welcome to the show. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. And uh, Dave and Doc, I, I listen to you guys on the WTF uh, Listen Now stream, so I can listen to you anywhere in the world, too. But he I know does. just to call in between noon and two. Good. So what's going on with hey. you? Okay, I'm 60. I'm having all my tests done. My heart's pretty good. Cholesterol's a little high. Uh, blood pressure. You know, I work. we're working on it for 60. Doing pretty good. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have a colonoscopy. This will be my third one in November. Uh, Doc, what do you think about shopping around for the lowest price? Tell me again, Bill, what do you think about something? You're asking Dr. Oh, about a colonoscopy. Yeah, about yeah. the colonoscopy. And what are they looking for, your car keys? I mean, why would they be doing this three <laughs> times? Oh, oh, my brother had uh, a tumor in his colon, so they started me at 50 and put me on a five-year uh, rotation. Okay, you're on the five-year plan because of the polyps. <laughs> yeah. I am, too. How many did you – I, I bet I had more removed last time than you did. <laughs> My just... brother, my, it was my brother, and he had a really hard time with it. it was a very large mass, but I tell you what, it's fine now. Okay, so the question becomes: shop around for what? For the for the best price. For the best price. Oh, let Is me that, tell you how big. Sense. Yeah, how big of a deductible do you have? Or you must 5, have five thousand bucks. Shop around for the best price, and let me tell you that there are lower prices than others and you know what i'm gonna be bold get the get, not the phone book I, this is how old i am i was ahead. about to say get the phone book out. yes yes but call around because you know why the best place to get this if you're healthy is a is a gastroenterologist who yeah. does it in his office yeah as opposed to going to the hospital the hospitals will never negotiate with you but a, a GI guy yeah. who has it in his own office, and they have to get Medicare approved and stuff mm -hmm. like that. They also have anesthesiologists who, well, excuse me, you're not allowed to call somebody who's a nurse anesthetist and anesthesiologist. I got put to sleep with propofol, yeah. and it was fantastic. Yeah. I went to sleep. <laughs> I went to sleep, and I woke up doing the moonwalk. I mean, I was Michael Jackson. No, kidding. But- it is true. If I got a six thousand dollar deductible, and I called up, and this may not this may not work for you, but I called up my buddy, who is a GI guy, yeah, and said, "Look, I got a six thousand dollar deductible." He gave me half price. Now he might not give you half price, but you can call and ask. And you know, the most they can say is no. You can say, "What's your price? I've got a six thousand dollar deductible. I want to know if you'll cut me a deal." Call five people. First thing you ask is, do you do it in your own office and are you approved? And do you have a nurse anesthetist? 
And then you say, will you cut me a deal since I have a huge deductible? I'll bet you they say yes. And then you can shop around. I think you're being really smart in asking that question because I did it yeah. and I got a deal. But Hoss- I'm sorry, could you, could you say that again, please? Yeah, he said it, w- you need to call around. You need to call at least oh. five. Yeah. One guy you could call, listen, one guy I'm going to give a free boot to is a guy named Christopher Jordan, and he does them in his own office. It's in Smithfield. Now, the other thing you're going to have to ask, though, is will the nurse anesthetist who bills separately also give you a deal? And then, I mean, there are a bunch of GI guys in this area who do it in their office. Right. Just, Just get online and Google. And call them up and say your situation and see what they do for you. All right. Thank you, Bill. Herb in Fuquay. Hi. Is it Hello. Herb? Or, How you all doing today? Is it Herb or Herb? It's er- it depends on what you want to say. I get it all the time. <laughs> I'm being a jerk here today. I'm sorry. Just don't call me Herbie. <laughs> okay. What's going on? Uh, my question is, what are some what are some of the better foods you can eat to keep your circulation your arteries and all clear that's a good question um, taking medication you know for cholesterol is good but i have heard kidney beans can really help keep your circulation your you know, your arteries and your heart and everything clear. yeah i think kidney beans are great and the reason why is that they're almost pure protein and if you eat the kidney bean you're also going to get fiber okay because the bean outside is thick and it's containing a lot of fiber um don't tell Andrea Octavio Cortez that you're eating them <laughs> because, you know, you're going to contribute to global warming oh, yeah, and climate cool. change. So you, that is true, though. Uh, the beans will produce a lot of gas. And I have so many patients that they are focused on the flatus. And that's the term we use for, you know, um, you know, uh, farting. And so, no, it's really good for you. Uh, it is. Now, the, one of the other reasons why it's so good for you is it doesn't cause inflammation. Okay? What causes inflammation? Inflammation is what causes heart attacks. You have cholesterol buildup. And even if you don't have a heart attack, it can quickly narrow your artery because it, it will cause the plaque of cholesterol in your circulatory system to rupture a little bit, and then clots can form. And even if it doesn't close it off completely and cause a heart attack, it sort of builds up. And your clot, you know, um, gets uh, smoothed over, and then it happens again. And you go from a 25% blockage to an 80% blockage within a year. So it's part of the no-no diet. Uh, No white flour, no sugar, no white potato, although eat the potato skin or a sweet potato, and no white rice. Eat Whole grain rice. You get used to it. It's got fiber. So, yeah, eat those beans. The other things you can eat or avoid, I'm sorry, let's talk about avoid, is margarine. Because there's a lot of evidence that these uh, uh, unsaturated fats, um, I mean, uh, saturated fats, uh, can lead to the inflammation also that damages your arteries. And so, you know, eat natural butter. Uh, if you're going to drink milk, just drink whole milk. Don't eat things that are highly processed uh, because th- that can lead to the accumulation of saturated fat as well. Uh, I like bacon. Uh, just don't eat a lot of bacon. You, you want to eat meat and you want to eat greens. You know, a good piece of steak, that's fantastic for you. 
A good piece of chicken is fantastic for you. Cauliflower, green uh, beans, uh, spinach, and the dreaded K word. What? Kale. Kale. (laughs) If you can live (laughs) through eating kale. Beans are a great source of protein and a great source of fiber. So you're absolutely right. There's lettuce, the iceberg lettuce. Does it? Yeah, it's okay. Is this good? Well, you know how much, what percent water iceberg lettuce is? I don't know. About 96%. Okay. So if you're thirsty, you can, you know, chaw on some. It won't hurt you. But I've been told that the greener the lettuce. Yeah, that's kind of BS. Really? Yeah. Just eat vegetables. And you know what? And, and have, do you watch Fox News? Balance of nature. Have you seen that on Fox yeah. News? Yeah. That's actually good for you. It's really good for you. What that guy does is uh, he takes vegetables yeah. and he puts them in a vacuum chamber and freezes them. Yeah. And then what happens? All the water gets pulled out of it, but everything else stays behind. Yeah. There's one problem with balance of nature. What's that? It's incredibly expensive. Oh, okay. I mean, it's like if you want to eat the fruit part, it's, it's pretty smart. Capsules of fruits, capsules of vegetables. The problem is, you want to do that's 120 bucks a month. Yeah, and I'm not. Okay? Gonna, yeah, yeah. And you can you can get your vegetables by just buying your vegetable. Um, but I think it's a good idea for people who can't stand the taste of asparagus or they don't like broccoli. Like sure. the former president George H. W. Bush, he was on a campaign against broccoli. I love broccoli. Yeah. But if you can't eat your vegetables, you can. Take pills. The problem is, balance of nature is great, except on the pocketbook. Right, Herb. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. And, and eat those eat those beans. But do me a favor. Call the show before you eat a bunch of beans. No, so we can avoid you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you, Herb. Thank you so much. All right. If you want to complain about the phrase "focused on the flatus," just call <laughs> us up. Nine one nine. That is a medical term. I did say the F word, the F-A-R-T word. Flatus. All right, 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefold. And you can use your imagination as to why we're using this song. Running on empty. Yeah, Jackson Brown. What's that guy's? Yeah, Jackson Brown. Yeah, it's a great song. Great song. It, the reason is, if I don't get a tank of gas, I'm not going to work Tuesday. But guess what? What? I have an electric car now. Yeah, I know that. But it, you know, listen, all you people out there, I don't want you to think that I'm doing this for climate change. I decided to get an electric car because my dad was a big environmentalist. Yeah. I named my car after him, Harold. It's wonderful. <laughs> I get home, and in my apartment building are free chargers. Yes. It's called Level 2 Chargers, 240 volts. It's the same plug that your dryer, if you have an electric dryer, goes into. Yes. I get it back home about 7.30. I pop the, the plug yeah. into the uh, car. Okay. I walk over and scan one of those barcodes. Right. Boom, it starts charging. The next day, I've got 235 miles. Right. So I'm doing it. Number one, Ford, it, which I have the Ford Mach-E, they're paying my electricity for two weeks. That's good. Two months. I mean, two years. The electricity, not the house electricity, or as they say in Johnson County, the lot bill. <laughs> you know, They're paying my car electricity for two years. And it's right where I walk in to my apartment. Yeah. So I'm doing it for that. And so 
people said, what are you going to do about gas? I said, I don't have any gas. Well, how are you going to get to work? My electric car. It's awesome. Good I highly you. recommend it, not because I'm a climate freak, but because it's great. You skip the gas yeah. line. Now, the other thing is I'm not buying candy bars you know, three times a week <laughs> because I'm going into the gas station and walking into the convenience store part. It's a good anyway, thing. Anyway, uh, I I'm, 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 have no gas. I'm it, out of gas. Good for you. Yeah. I'm out of gas, too, and yeah. I, you know, I might not go to work Tuesday. I well, don't know. The caller is going to get some beans. He's going to have lots of He's going to have. All yeah. right. 919-860-9783 is our number. There are apparently 12 people. 12. Count them. 12. It's very interesting because somebody's been wondering why we have so much anti-vax stuff in our, um, in our, our uh, community. And the reason is these 12 people. And they are masters of Facebook. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it is that they're making a lot of money by being anti-vaxxers. Apparently, they've got deals with sponsors. Who would sponsor this? And the more people (laughs) click on their site, the more money they make. And so these are some of these names. you might recognize the biggest one is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I mean, oh, yeah. how can they possibly, uh, the Kennedy family, stand this? Um, Ty Bollinger, he's some big guy. Sherry Tenpenny, um, Riza Islam, Kelly Brogan, Ben Tapper. Anyway, it goes on. There's 12 people yes. are basically the ones behind all of the anti-COVID vaccine literature that is coming out and being um, uh, put out there. And interestingly, their organizations don't sound like anti-vaxxers. The Children's Health Defense Fund. Right. That's Robert F. Kennedy. You want to defend children's health. The Informed Consent Action Network. Of course you want informed consent. Sure. And then this is the thing that kills me. The National Vaccine Information Center. That's one of the biggest anti-vax people. And then Millions Against Medical Mandates. Oh, and here's a great one. The Organic Consumers Association. Now, I'm going to tell you, I know I have a lot of conservatives who listen to my show. Mm-hmm. I love conservatives. Um, my kids and my sisters are diehard liberals. I mm-hmm. love them. I disagree with them. I'm mostly a conservative. But the, the conservative faction that is anti-vax, you're wrong. You're mm-hmm. just wrong. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, Tucker. I like Tucker Carlson, but he was wrong. You know what he said? Uh, we've got to look into this. 30 people are dying every day after they get the vaccine for COVID. No. Now, okay, how many people die in this country every day? How, yeah, what do you think? I don't know. 7,500 yeah. on average are yeah. dropping dead every day. And I'm not saying that in a negative sense. It's just a natural way of things. Right. So we're, we're, there are 300 million people in the United States. Uh-huh. Three million get the vaccine every day on average. Okay. That means if you do the math, we should have 75 deaths a day in people who get the vaccine. Yeah. The next day they should die. Oh, yeah. So if only 30 are dying, you could use the twisted logic and say it's saving 40 lives a day. It's not. The point I'm trying to make is don't listen to these people. Oh, what's the number one thing they say? It hasn't been tested enough. Yes, it has. Okay, we've given... What, 500 million doses? And you hear somebody died of a blood clot. That's one in a million, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to get a sore arm most of the time after your second dose. 
So just get your vaccine. It's going to help you. It's going to help us. Don't believe these crazies. Don't believe Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They're wrong. Connie and Garner. Hi, Connie. How are you? Good. I hope y'all are. Good. We are. How can we help you? Although I have to admit, we're probably not going to finish this phone call during this part of the but show. But just keep going. You go ahead. What's up, Connie? Uh, I wanted to ask the doctor something. Uh, my son, his heart rate is staying in the 90s to 100 and to 100 and uh, gets up to 108, okay. 112. And it, it seemed like it just staying there. He went to the doctor the other day, just medical doctor, and gave something for stress. But um, he did have thyroid problem about, I don't know, about 12, 15 years ago. Uh-huh. 38, he's 38 years old. And I, but it's, it's hard to get it. Get his uh, heart rate down. It just yeah. stays up. Let me ask you a question. How does he feel? He just feels jittery, a little jittery. Okay. And they've tested his thyroid? They, they brought, they, matter of fact, they said they would let him know in a, I don't know, a few days so yeah. the test results yeah. come back. That's a good question. Now, if, he, if you told me he felt fine, then um, I would say there's a lot of people who have an average heart rate of 90 beats a minute. Mine's 80. Okay. And I've had... You know, my personal physician say, why is your heart so fast? It just is. But if you're jittery and your heart's beating fast, it, the yeah. thyroid is the number one thing you think of. It's called hyper H-Y-P-E-R thyroidism. The thyroid is a master uh, hormone that controls your metabolism. But also ask him about adrenaline. There are several adrenaline secreting conditions that can cause this. And some of them are associated with thyroid problems. It's sort of muffled. It's hard for me to understand you. All right. Well, hold on just a moment. We're going to talk to you on the phone in just a moment. Thank you, Connie. This is Heart Health Radio. We're going to hold Connie over to the next segment. We'll talk to Larry in just a moment. Heart Health Radio is uh, broadcast right now, right here on the Heart Health Radio Network. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. Connie and Garner is talking to Dr. Weefold about Connie's son. And Connie, the heart heartbeat is generally between 90 and 112 beats Per minute. Yeah, so that's above what we call average. But remember, not everybody is average. Like I said, my heart rate is about 80, and I'm even on a beta blocker. And I've been tested, um, and everything's fine with me and my heart. But if you're jittery, if you're losing weight, and your heart rate is fast, especially if it's fast and irregular, number one thing that comes to mind is your thyroid. And that needs to be checked. Especially, I, I think he said that his, he had the son had thyroid problems a while ago. Um, and then the second thing that is more rare is your adrenal gland. That's the two glands that sit above on top of your two kidneys. They excrete cortisol. They excrete a bunch of different hormones, but they also excrete adrenaline. And so, you know, your tiger's coming after you to bite you. Yeah. The adrenal glands in response to the brain are going to pour adrenaline, epinephrine, into your system, and your heart's going to beat fast. Mm-hmm. Some people make too much adrenaline all the time. So that's a consideration as well. And, and it does need to be checked. Now, there's even something more rare, okay. and that is when the electricity in your heart 
is beating fast because of an abnormal source of electricity. It's called the sinoatrial reentry, mm-hmm. where your electricity goes out and comes right back in mm-hmm. to the nodule that creates the electrical current. And then you can have something called atrial tachycardia, where there's another area in the top part of your heart that's making electricity in competition to the normal one. So you definitely need to follow through on this because it could be something that's corrected and something that needs to be corrected or else it's going to wind up wearing them out. Connie, does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It does. Let us know what they find out. Okay, because they did an EG, EG, uh, what is it? EKG, yeah, electrocardiogram. They did that and everything, so it looked good to the doctor. Right, and so this is the thing that I've seen. I've had patients come to me and the doctor says, I can't find anything wrong. And the EKG looks normal, but I was lucky. Mm-hmm. I was able to get one from five years ago, okay? Okay. And most of it looked normal, except for what we call the P wave. It has nothing to do with your urine. The P wave is the top part of the heart beating, and I could tell it was different. Yeah. And he had what we call atrial tachycardia. It was coming from an ectopic source, uh, a a bad area of the heart that decided to compete. We got him to Dr. Netrebko. We got him ablated. Right. And he's right. back to normal. So I'm not saying this is what's going on, but he needs a thorough investigation. You, and if they don't come up with something, uh, the regular physician, get him to a cardiologist. You do have to chase this down. Chase it down. Don't don't ignore don't, it. Don't, as they say, yeah. don't poo-poo it. Don't poo-poo it. Thank you, Connie. Dave in Raleigh, welcome to the program. How you doing? Hello, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. There you go. Good. How are you? Yeah. Great to hear from you. What's I'm up? pretty good, I reckon, considering. Yeah, yeah but, what's up? Uh, just wanted to kind of throw something past you. First of all, I need to start uh, off by saying my wife and I are not anti-vaxxers. Good. That's uh, fine. We're in our late 60s. We always get our flu shots. Great. And we've always tried to keep up with things and stuff like that. But Sure. Uh, my wife has several health concerns, and we've not gotten the COVID vaccine yet. Okay. Because of them. Uh, first off, she has asthma and such. She's also very allergic to different things. Like she's allergic to the dye that's used for the CT scans. Sure. She's allergic to penicillin. She's allergic to beta blockers. Absolutely. She's allergic to codeine. And she also has a condition, I think it's called idiopathic urticaria. Anyway, she gets hives. Oh, okay. No urticaria. All at time. Urticaria. Now, let me, yeah, let me just it. tell you, I respect people who decide not to get vaccinated. And especially in your wife's case, um, I, I would say this. It is still unlikely that there's going to be a cross-reactivity to her allergies. But it's more likely than, say, Dave or I, who don't mm-hmm. have all these allergies. So mm-hmm. that's proven that it is more likely she's going to have a possible allergic reaction. It's not like influenza where if you're allergic to eggs, they don't recommend it, although now there are people who are saying you can get it. But the way that these mRNA vaccines are made is that they take a lipid, uh, which is like a fat, to cover up a messenger RNA. So, for example, the contrast dye allergy, some people also have fish, I mean, um, seafood allergies. Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to interact. 
But it sounds like she's got a lot of atypical things. Now, what is urticaria? Hives, okay? You ever seen these people? In Johnston County, they call them whelps, W-H-E-L-P-S, instead of welts. You know why? Because the dogs get allergic. No, the whelp is what you get when you get (laughs) with the switch. Yeah. You get a whelp. A whelp. But here's what I'm going to say, okay, (laughs) is that I don't think you're wrong in having second thoughts for your wife getting the vaccine because of her multiple allergies. The question I have is... Before, inside her throat. Yeah, no, I mean, it's scary, and I don't blame you for being scared. I would say this, it's most likely that she would not have an allergic reaction, but it's possible. And so you have to weigh the risk and benefits like everybody else does. Now, let me ask you another question. Did she get a bunch of vaccines growing up, or did she avoid them as well uh, because of that? She gets the flu shot, right? Yeah, she gets the flu shot. And as far as I know, uh, yeah. we're the age where we had the polio on these uh, the sugar cubes yeah, okay. and went through the smallpox stuff yeah. and all the rest of it, best I can remember. Yeah. Her dad was in the military, so she spent a lot of times overseas, too. Yeah, too, so and they made him get it. I imagine she got all kinds of vaccines because okay. of the armed forces. Well, I think that the other thing is if she's had um, no problems with other vaccines, especially the flu vaccine, then it's most likely that she's not going to have a problem. Um, like I said... Um, I would be concerned about it as well, especially because of all the um, things you've heard on Facebook and on Twitter about you know the vaccine side effects. Um, there's one in a million chance with the J&J vaccine you're going to have a blood clot. Um, there, there is certainly going to be uh, a high likelihood that you're going to get a sore arm, uh, aches and pains on the mm-hmm. second dose, mm-hmm. and, and that means your immune system is being active. Um, I don't know what, I can't give you advice over the phone. Uh, I'm talking about a a hypothetical thing. Um, but I certainly do understand, um, how you, how you both feeling. I will say this most likely you will not get a, she will not get a reaction. And if she did, they would catch it in the first 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, which they're going to observe her. I, I would, I would observe her for half an hour and have epinephrine and, and steroids standing by. But okay. it's a tough situation, and, and, and I feel for you um, because, you know, it doesn't sound like you've gotten COVID so far, so you're asking yourself, look, we're at the end of the epidemic, and I do believe we're at the end. Mm-hmm. Should she yeah. risk a further health problem, or should she risk getting COVID? And I don't know the answer to that. Uh, that's a personal question. Um, I recommend everybody to get the vaccine, but I do understand your concerns with your wife. And call us up and let us know in a couple of weeks what you decided to do. Um, All right. So and, I'm going to get my first dose uh, this coming Tuesday. Great. That's uh, good for you. Office. And good God you. bless you and, and give her a hug for us because I know how hard it is to live with all those uh, allergic reaction things. It's all bad. Right. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. This is Heart Health Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com or just by continuing to listen to the radio station that's the other way yeah, absolutely uh, noon to two on on saturdays is that what it is saturday yeah. oh yeah it must be saturday it i'm on the radio uh, 919-860-9783 living to 100 is amazing but yeah. there are some people living to well beyond 100 105 yeah. 110 well you know what i've always said is that you should eat right that you should yeah. exercise 
that you should not smoke or you shouldn't smoke, that you should wear your seatbelts. All these things take the chances Uh of dying early away. But I see so many young people who get a bad illness and they say, wait a minute, I did everything right. Right. I ate right. I I didn't smoke. I exercised. I wore my seatbelts and I still have cancer. The bottom line is that the number one way you're going to live to 100 or 110 is not by what you eat. If you talk to these these really old people, they drink. <laughs> they Some have a them. hot dog once a day. Yep. Uh, a lot of them smoke. There's one lady who's 117. She smokes 30 cigarettes a day. Yeah. Now, a- why is that? Because our bodies are constantly being bombarded. By UV radiation, we walk outside. Yeah. By pesticides, by um, you know uh, falling down and breaking a bone and causing inflammation. But what they've discovered, the way that you live to a hundred is you repair your DNA more efficiently. Now, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. When UV light hits your arm, yeah, it's splitting your DNA into a million pieces. Why don't we just fall apart? Because the body regenerates itself. You have these things called DNA repair proteins. Yeah. And they go along and say, wait a minute, it's broken, fix it. What happens? Yo, wait a minute, you're scaring me out of going in the sunshine. Well, let me tell you, these people are tanned and wrinkled. Well, yeah. yeah. And the reason okay. is their <laughs> DNA repair mechanism doesn't make mistakes. Now, think okay. about it. All right. If you're repairing your DNA a million times a second, yeah. you're bound to sometimes insert the wrong repair thing in there. Okay? Sure. Yeah, that yeah. would be like putting in the wrong oil filter. Okay, yeah. It's going to yeah. happen if oh, you change sure. your oil a million times. Oh, yeah, yeah. But these people don't. Their repair is just fantastic. So what, what happens to them is when their body starts to deteriorate, they instantaneously fix it. Yeah. Now, they still age. Right. But when they age, they don't have faulty mechanisms that lead to repair mechanisms that lead to cancer, yeah. um, lead to stroke, lead to heart attack. What's the bottom line? Pick the right parents to live the longest, <laughs> but take care of yourself so you don't die younger than you should die. Right. Eat right. Correct your diabetes. Fix your high blood pressure. Walk 45 minutes, five times a week at a good pace. Don't smoke. Don't use drugs. Don't, you know, don't do meth. Don't do cocaine. And you'll live to your potential. Okay? And that's the key thing. But if you do all this stuff. Yeah. And you still get cancer, that's life. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, as the Bible says. You can't tell how your gene. But maybe we can in the future. Because we already know, you know, breast cancer genes. Right. Uh, if you have the BR BRAC gene, uh, BRC gene, you're going to have a much more highly likely chance of getting breast cancer. So maybe in the future we will know is who there, should do this and who should do that. Is there any hope that we can take something, some bit of information, if not some real thing, yeah. from these older folks and discover how and put it in me? Because no. I don't. No. no. I mean, that's the thing they say, oh, you should eat like the Italians. There are some Italians that live along. Uh, they eat of the, eat of the potato this way. Yes. No, come on. They live long because of their genetics. And the people in France, they oh, drink a glass of wine, 
you know, eat a croissant because the French live longer than the British. No. No, it's genetics. They and, don't and live longer because of what they eat. Really? Okay? Um, the French smoke more than the English do, and yet yes. they live longer than the English. Um, the Japanese, my yes. God, number one user of cigarettes. My, my buddy, uh, Frank Lee, um, who grows tobacco in Johnston County, <laughs> he can't sell it to the Americans anymore, so he's selling it to the Japanese, yeah. and they're sucking it up. You know, and they live longer than us. So the thing I want to tell you is you sit around worrying. Uh, you know, eat your hot dog every now and then. Have okay. fun. Yeah. Do the right things, quote unquote, not so you live to 100 and then kick yourself that you ate the hot dog once and you died at 92. Right. But, you know, realize the genetics are there. Now, are we correcting genetic deficiencies? Yeah. Okay. You know the bubble boy? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see that on uh, uh, the movie with John Travolta? Yes. He had severe combined immunodeficiency syndrome. <clears throat> so he's missing a gene. Uh-huh. Both the T cells and the B cells weren't working. Okay. He had to live in a bubble. Right. I remember. Okay. It. So there's a really nice lady, and I'm telling you, I'm going to scare you, okay, because they took an AIDS virus. And what do AIDS viruses do? They attack your immune cell. Yeah. So they genetically re-engineered it. So it still got into the immune cell, but didn't cause AIDS. And they put in the gene that was missing for severe combined immunodeficiency syndrome. The girl, the little girl, Jocelyn Kish, is now living outside the bubble. And she's got a really vigorous immune system. Now, I'm not saying this is going to cure all genetic diseases, but we got some really smart people working on this. And it may be. Uh, and maybe I was wrong. They might be able to change your DNA, okay. and now you'll be good looking. You it's know? a possibility. And what would you rather be, good looking or live longer? I would rather live longer. Okay, good. honestly, I would rather look the <laughs> good looking part. You're lucky. <laughs> the, the ship has sailed on that thing. You know, absolutely. I, I would just like occasionally to have a good hair day. If I'm going to live old, you know, get to 105. I think your hair looks good. Oh, it's a terrible thing. Oh, you know what I've discovered? What's that? I um, Cream rinse? I was, no, I was at my uh, daughter's <laughs> place in Atlanta, and I didn't bring my own shampoo. Yes. And she has this stuff called Pantene. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> yes. So I used it. And then everybody walked around saying, what, did you dye your hair? And I figured out what it is. <laughs> the conditioner made my black hair shiny. And so it, they <laughs> overwhelmed the grays. Yes. So you know what I went out and bought when I got home? Pantene. Pantene. <laughs> Don't right. I look younger? Come on. You do look younger. I do look right? younger. This is the first time we've ever talked about hair care on yeah. the show, but, you know, might as well. Well, you know what we should talk about? What? Is dandruff, because dandruff <laughs> is a medical condition. All right. And you know what they found out it's from? No. I don't want to know right now. Oh, come on. Because I want to know in two minutes. Okay. We're going to find out in two minutes. Get better, stay healthy, and pick up tips on hair care by listening to the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up. I am going to shout out a couple of people, tell them I appreciate them. Uh, number one is Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Okay. He's going to be on the next show. Oh, great. Yeah, he's the generator genius. If you need a generator, I got the guy. Well, you know who needs a generator? If what? somebody's on a breathing machine at home 
They're on a ventilator, a home ventilator. They sure yes. as heck better have a generator. There was something in the well, staff. That, think about that. Yeah. Um, people on di- do you know that people do dialysis at home? They yeah. Teach the you need backup generators, and you and and what I've got from all of them is they want me to sign a thing that they send to the power company that if yeah. the power goes out, yep. they're first on the list to get it restored. But you know that's usually a systemic problem, not yeah. a problem in the house. So if if you can afford yeah. it, and you are like on home dialysis yeah. or home ventilators. Or you have an oxygen concentrator. Right. Think about getting a generator. Very good. Bill in Raleigh, you are on Heart Health Radio. Yeah, doctor, I saw an article in a parade magazine. I want to get your opinion on sure. it. Sure. Uh, University of Texas at Austin Engineers created an electronic tattoo to measure the cardiac health. A thin, movable chest pass. All right, hang on, Bill. I'm I'm having a hard time, but I think you said an artificial tattoo. Well, it's a heart tattoo. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Are they? Is it legitimate? It's it's uh, been promoted by a Dr. John A. Rogers. His company is MC10 uh, out of the University of Illinois. Yeah. And it's a thin, movable chest patch with circuits that read the heart's electrical activity and heartbeat vibrations. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So this is not for common use okay and what what this is is not just used for electrical things um but it's also they're they're starting to use these um bio patches to put them on the outside of the heart and they've got like stem cells which will rejuvenate and regenerate so yeah um these uh things that they're coming up with are really good things and they're going to be something that um that I think are the future of of regenerating the heart, uh, correcting electrical yeah. problems, a direct application of this patchy thing to the heart at the right place at the right time. Right. And I'm I'm pretty uh, amazed that you know that he's heard of this because I look at all the um, you know a lot of the heart health and general health websites and they've only talked about this once. So I think that's great. All right, thank you, Bill. The um, the whole whole idea of wearables, yeah, is fascinating. While Bill was talking, he reminded me to check my sugar. Oh yeah, I have what a was wearable. It? I have a one eighty eight. It's not great. But That's better than you know, better than two eighty eight. It's better than two. You're yeah, right. Absolutely. That's the way it works. But I have a wearable. I have a little tiny chip that sits on my arm, yeah. back of my arm, every now and then. I will walk the wrong way near a doorway, and I will bang it oh, against. No. Otherwise, I forget you that it's yeah, there. Yeah, I forget that. What it's about the there. shower? Does it come off in the shower? No, it doesn't come off at all. In fact, it you know it's set up to my f- smartphone. Here's the neat thing: the smartphone not only tells me when it's running out, it tells me three days before For it's him. about to run out. You have the Dexcom. No, or I have, you have the, the Libra. freestyle Libra. Freestyle Libra. Uh, and I, you know, they're not giving me any money for mentioning this. Yeah. My my question <clears throat> is, I'm now in a situation where I go to a, a therapy and they take my EKG. They've done it like three times mm-hmm. and they got to put patches on me and whatever. How soon in, to the point where I can take my ekg okay that is a good question 
the gold standard for an EKG to tell you as much as we know yeah. about how your electricity is, whether you've had a heart attack, mm-hmm. whether you know, you're not getting enough blood flow at that instant is called the 12-lead EKG. And that's been right. standardized over time. So you put, you're supposed to put a patch on your right arm, patch on your left arm, mm-hmm. and left leg, and then six right. across the right. thing. And I don't know if they'll be able to do that because you got to put it in the right place. But maybe yeah. they'll get some data on four leads, you know, or right. three-lead EKGs. I do see. the three-lead EKG when I go for my exercise. Yeah. For my, my cardiotherapy. So maybe... Yeah. Could. You know, put a patch on that communicates via radio frequency right. to a central thing. All right. Bonnie and Raleigh, got a couple of minutes. What's going on, Bonnie? Hey, Dr. Weefall. Hey. How are you? Good. I really, really, really love your program, and thank you for doing it. Well, I love you calling in. Much needed. Um, I have a question about an issue that has come up with my brother. Uh-huh. I personally was discovered... 20 years ago to have a very low white blood cell count. Okay. We've tried a bunch of things uh, to get it back up, but nothing has helped. But I seem to be okay. Yeah. Um, doctor said maybe that's just the way God made you. Well, yeah. Do you have a uh, number? Um, do, do you know what the number is on your white blood cell count? Uh, it's like two to 3,000. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, we've tried things, and it'll come up a bit and then jump back down. Yeah. Uh, recently, my younger brother was discovered to have, just in a routine physical, he has very low platelet count. Okay, yeah. Down to 33. Oh, okay. They have, uh, I think he said he took some steroids, and they've done two infusions of fresh platelets. Oh, Wow. That's and unusual. It jumps up a little and then just falls right back down. Yeah. Have they ever used the term idiopathic thrombocytic penic purpura, ITP? Have I used it? Or no. Has, have, has he ever <laughs> talked to you that they said he had ITP? No. Okay. That's the number one common cause. Yeah. Um, but low platelet count, it, it can be bad. Um, the normal platelet count is about 180 to 300,000. Platelets are these little teeny weeny cells. You have three cells, white blood cells, red blood cells, and platelets. And the platelets help clotting. So they work with these proteins that are in your blood. And when there's a cut, they rush to that area and they they clot clot it off. Yeah, and so one of the things you worry about with low platelets is you're going to bleed. So ITP, uh, idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura, is when you have a autoimmune thing. You, you have an antibody against your own platelets and they go down. That's why they try steroids. Sometimes if your spleen is too big, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's bone marrow failure. And so you have a, a problem with the, the cells, the stem cells in your bone marrow that produce platelets. So it's, I don't know the answer to what's wrong with him, but um, a hematologist, um, hematology and he, you know, they also do oncology. Uh, they'll go to bat, maybe do a bone marrow, they'll figure it out. Bonnie, thank you for calling. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. See you next week. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.